Who are the best running backs in Florida State history? And why have I picked the three that I'm going to discuss today? You're about to find out and Locked On Seminoles. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked on Seminoles. I am your host, Brian Smith, and I am happy to be here once again talking some Florida State football. Today, we're going to talk Florida State football from a traditional standpoint. Obviously, the Knolls do not play this weekend. Next game will be at Doak, October 7th, as Florida State hosts the Virginia Tech Hokies, a very bad team, I might add. So this is a great time to kind of introduce a series that I've been working on in my head on how I wanted to do it. And this is the first of several, and I'll do these periodically just to kind of mix it up. Who are the best players at a position? And then I add my own caveats to it, meaning uh, personalization, because I know one of them, or like I used to interview one of them, one of the guys on this I've, I've interviewed, et cetera, all the different things that come with it and how it kind of plays in with the NFL, Florida State's rise. There are a lot of little snippets. But before I get into my picks for top Florida State running backs, and again, mine's not just based on merit only. Let me be very clear on that. Who are the ones that you think, or maybe even just gave you the best memories, whatever it might be, who are the Florida State running backs that you think are the truly greats to play at Doak and to represent Bowden, et cetera? There could be all kinds of guys. I mean, Florida State's history is very unique. In the running back position, and it's why I picked it first, because it could have been any spot. There's been great players across the board. But which ones? Well, today, the one that is most important to me, and I'm just going to do three segments by one player in each one, is work done. And it's not because of what he did on the field. Obviously, he was a freaking great player. College and pros, he absolutely amazed me at the NFL level, and a lot of people, I think, because he was a lot more durable than most players his size. And I'm being kind, like he's in the 99.99 percentile for his size playing running back, like maximizing. But here's the real reason that I like Dunn. And I'm not, I'm not saying that there aren't other things that you can do. There aren't other people. Um, there's just a million different ways that players sometimes, I don't want to say they bypass the opportunities I got, I got to find this again, but Warwick Dunn, he, he spent his money and put it, put his money where his mouth is. Okay. He has a foundation. And if more guys would do this, it would be just incredible how much impact pro pro athletes could have. Some pro athletes don't get involved at all. Warwick has done things with, with housing. He's a, uh, found ways, like especially in the holidays, you can donate to help people that are in need to give them some cheer during the holidays when they don't have much, helping them get loans, helping them understand financial literacy. It's incredible. If you just go to whatever app that you want or whatever your search engine, type in Warwick Dunn Foundation, I'll let you do it yourself. But if you're going to give, this is a guy you can try. I don't trust a lot of guys either. Even some pro athletes have been scam artists, check fraud or whatever. 
Wart's not one of those. And to put it mildly, thank God for that because we need more good people. But work done on the field, this is what I remember. He came out of Catholic high school in Baton Rouge. They beat out LSU and other schools for him. And if you remember the story, his freshman year was 93. Of course, that was a great Florida State team. He roomed with Charlie Ward, which was kind of weird. Work's mother was killed. She was a cop. And Charlie took him under his wing, even though he was a fifth-year senior, and Work lived with him. That's pretty wild. Uh, good for both. Obviously, it worked out. And Charlie's a great human being, too. So all of those things are what I remember, and that's my sentiment. That's when I was really starting to get into college football and study it. And he's just one of those guys I followed there after. On the field, I think it's kind of self-explanatory. This is an era when downhill eye formation was still prevalent, and there was still quite a bit of option. There was still quite a bit of, we'd rather just punt and play defense. I mean, just ogre football. But Bowden and Florida State were different than most schools, and they found ways to get him on the field. He was the second team running back pretty much the majority of the year, but he was quickly established as one of those guys that just not many teams could cover because when you go with the traditional 4-3 defense and you've got a linebacker that's run 4-8 if he's lucky against Dunn, who was sub 4-5 out of high school, I don't know what he ran, and he was quicker even than he was fast, he destroyed a lot of teams. Uh, he scored in the Florida, or the Florida State Notre Dame game on a swing pass, if I remember correctly, to the left. It was a swing pass or a toss sweep. I can't remember what, which, but I think it was a pass. And that's just the kind of play that changed the dynamics of college football. It was in the slow beginning stages. The second player, to me, was the exemplary personification of it, and that's Leon Washington. I'll get to, get to that in the second segment. But Dunn caught the ball really well. He would still run between the tackles and make his best effort to block. But in those one-on-one -on -one spots, which Florida State's offensive staff did a great job of creating, how many guys really tackled him? I mean, they got lucky once in a while, made a lunge or whatever, but true one-on-one -on -one, in space outside the tackle box, work done was a nightmare. And as he gained strength and he gained size, I mean, his body mass index changed just like any other player once they got into college and true weight training program and nutrition. Dunn became a pretty darn good between the tackles runner. He wasn't given enough credit for that. And in my opinion, that's why he ended up not just making a roster in the NFL. He was really good. If you remember when he was with the Falcons, he would have four and five yard runs where he was a pinball. Falcons weren't always great when work was there, but he did his job. He found ways to make it work and he could even pass protect pound for pound. Again, just like I said in the intro, He's one of my favorite players that I've ever watched in football and general, forget Florida State, because of the effort that he put into it, what he maximized with, and then again, off the field. He's put his money where his mouth is in communities that need help, and that's awesome. He's a great representative of Florida State University and just the United States of America. Lord only knows, in our political society today, no matter how you vote, that's probably something you can agree with. We need more of that in general. It's just a good dude. We need more people like work done. So I hope that more people realize as time goes on, he's not forgotten just how important he was, not only to that 93 team, because they ended up getting a ring, but to Florida State football moving forward with Bowden and recruiting and how the program worked and the different kind of running backs and offense that Florida State ran with the fast break and everything. Dunn was at the center of that. And I think he should be renowned on the field and off. So he's my all-time favorite Florida State running back.
for the culmination of everything that he did that was good. And to be honest with you, I don't think there's many people you could really find that would argue with that sentiment. Today's show is going to be brought to you by Nutrafol. You don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health. Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair. No drugs, no compromises, just better hair. Men think losing their hair is inevitable. Take control of your hair's future with Nutrafol's science-backed hair growth supplement for men. Did you know 80% of men experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of thinning with Nutrafol. Men tired of weakening and thinning hair, do you want to reach your full hair potential? Weeding hair growth supplement Nutrafol helps prevent uh, losing your hair. Visible thickness and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol. Nutrafol supplements hair health growth from within by targeting root causes of thinning such as stress, hormones, environment, and nutrition, and lifestyle, and metabolism through whole body health. Take this first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping. When you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code locked on college, find out why over 4,000 health care professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash men and enter promo code locked on college. That's Nutrafol.com slash men promo code locked on college. Segment two, we're going to talk about Leon Washington. Played at Andrew Jackson High School in Jacksonville. And this is a kid that I actually interviewed coming out. And he was in the same class, if I remember correctly, with Lorenzo Booker. I mean, Booker got the more acclaim out of high school. But he wasn't the better player, in my opinion. It was Washington at Florida State. And it's because of his power. But like Dunn, and this is why I put them together, he had the great combination out of the three I have today of being super elusive, being incredible at being durable between the tackle, kind of like Dunn, but added even more power. Maybe wasn't quite as elusive as Dunn in some people's eyes, but I think it's pretty much par for par. And he was also a very good NFL player. They're actually quite similar. He just came a little bit after work. It was about 10 years after. Leon uh, actually has a kid that's in Tallahassee. I believe he's going to FAU uh, corner. So uh, the family tradition of playing football is going to move on for the Washington family. But the reason I liked him is I remember seeing his film. I had a a guy that I knew in a a college football office that sent me. He's like, you need to look at this. I'm like, okay. And he showed me Leon Washington's film. There was a punt return where he literally made eight guys miss. Now, again, he's playing in Florida in freaking Jacksonville. And Leon ended up being a really good punt returner at Florida State. but. Um, the guy showed me this wasn't a Florida State guy, it was another school recruiting him. I used to talk to people at all kinds of different schools, but it was just like holy cow, because like guy'd be right up on him and he would either bounce off of him or he would spin off, he'd use a stiff arm, he could get really, really low, go underneath the tackle. His bend and his strength in his lower half was extraordinary. And above all else, yeah, he could run. 
once he hit at the high gear, you better have an angle because Leon could definitely run just like Warwick. You needed really top end guys that were track type athletes to track him down. So what was the best thing about him? I think just the balance after contact. He was more powerful than Warwick probably at the college level. Warwick got stronger and stronger, and it was more similar, I think, when Warwick was with the Falcons. But I also think that Leon was undervalued a bit because he didn't play – like he didn't play on a team like 93. He played on some really good teams for Florida State, but that started to decline some in the early to mid-90s or 2000s. Florida State was good, but they weren't what they were. And I, I just don't think he got quite the same credit because of when he played, not what he did. So he split carries some with Booker and some other guys. And, you know, they still have plenty of talent. They just didn't maximize. Obviously, there was all kinds of good talent for Florida State even then. But the biggest thing that I note about him, again, is just the balance. When he got hit, man, you had to wrap up. These shoulder bumps that you see a lot of guys do, that didn't bring down Leon. And that's why he played like eight, nine years in the NFL, the Jets, et cetera. Really good football player. And I think that he's probably as good an example of what we see now in college football, ushering in the spread era. Again, Florida State, in my opinion, is the one that really started it because they were the only big-time school that did it the way they did in the early 90s. I, I thought they did it the best. And everybody, yeah, it's a copycat world, college and pro. They all copy off each other, and these coaches know each other. But having a running back that was a true three-down back like him, that on third and two, you could line him up and dot the eye, run, toss, sweep. That's something the third guy I'm going to talk about, Sammy Smith, that's something they used to do. Sammy was much bigger, but you could do that with Leon. But you could also go play action to him, and it'd be effective because he could run the football so well, go up top, run deep over, whatever, and Florida State did that as well. First, second, or third down, didn't matter the situation, Leon – could help your team, and he could catch. Great punt returner, special teams. He was on the field constantly. Those are the kinds of players that you see now. You need a guy that you, when you run these up-tempo, like you know, Florida State, they call it the fast break or whatever. On third and six, you're running to the line. You're like, why would you do that? You want to make sure you get the right play. Well, you also want to do everything you can to make sure they don't have the right players on the field because you've got a running back that can catch the ball, and he's been in the backfield but he's about to go out to slot. Go ahead and play man coverage. You're in your base defense. That's what this is. Leon was the perfect guy to do those kinds of things. Screen game, short passing game. You could, you could motion him out if you wanted. He was dynamic. And today, that's what we see. He was, I would say, that was right before several teams really started shifting into spread. And there were some of it. Uh, the old school coach that uh, he passed away had a heart attack or whatever it was at Northwestern. They ran some of that right around that time and a few others, but that fast break offense with running backs that were versatile, speeding things up, Leon Washington or anybody even close to him is perfect because on third down, if they, if they get caught shifting guys in and out, you get, they get a penalty too many people on the field. And if they leave their linebacker on the field and they're in base defense, they don't have somebody to cover Leon. He is perfect for today's offenses. And again, Florida State, in my opinion, did as good a job of that as anybody and really got it going with Ward and Dunn and all those guys in the early 90s. So I think Leon Washington is extremely underrated. And quite frankly, it's it's kind of sad that more people didn't talk about him. And he had a really good NFL career, too. It wasn't like he was just a guy. He played. He was very successful. 
but he was on the Jets for part of the time, et cetera. It, it's one of those things. Who you play for and specifically when, because people are so picky. Unless you win really, really big, they just don't talk about you that much. That's just kind of the way our world is, and it doesn't matter if it's sports or something else. So real quick note, um, I'm actually going to be on the show a few times here coming up. ACC, locked on ACC. We're talking about the big picture, Florida State obviously in it. Who are the surprises so far in the ACC? What can they do? Why are they winning? Things about Florida State, I'm going to be talking about that. And we're also going to talk to next week, a big box picture of Florida State and other teams in the ACC with recruiting. The dynamics of recruiting have completely changed in the ACC. I'll let you know more about when that show is going to be out. I'll, I'll put a message up on Locked On Seminoles. You can see the handle here if you're watching on YouTube. But that's uh, capital L-O underscore Seminoles on Twitter. And it's it's pretty simple. Florida State's trending in the right direction, and a few schools are really not. But uh, the recruiting landscape is going to be pretty interesting. Um, third segment, going to talk about Sammy Smith. He's the what could have been, in my opinion. Um, if things worked out with Sammy Smith, Nan Marino would have had one or two rings. It just didn't work out right with all the pieces going together. It wasn't just a Sammy Smith problem, but – he was also a great running back at Florida State. He's from Apopka, Florida, another in-state kid. These are the kinds of guys that don't always get all the credit they should because he was literally in the middle of when Florida State rose to power, when Dion was there, et cetera. They had a great running back that not enough people talk about, and he was one of the reasons that I started following Florida State when I was a kid. When he walked out onto the field and dotted the eye, you're like, who is that guy? So we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about that young man here in just a second. FanDuel. Snap into action NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. You can navigate it and you can make bets on a quarter a player, how many yards, touchdowns, things like that. Of course, the obvious things like spreads, the over-under, but it's the player stuff that's more fun to me to really look at how many yards somebody will get, how many receptions they may get, or you can look at it from a defensive perspective as well. You can bet on a range of things. It's kind of like what you want to create when you go into the app. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. All right. Now, third segment. This is a player some old school Knowles might remember, but for those of you who don't, I want to kind of paint this picture. And I, I don't know why it happened this way, but from about 77, 78 to about 86, right in there, there was just a ton of bigger backs they could really, really run. You could make an argument that the this Seminole was the one talked about the least. And it's because Florida State was so balanced on offense and they weren't as run heavy as some of the other schools. Of course, Bo Jackson, Herschel Walker, Eric Dickerson. I get it. There were other guys too. But this is one of the guys that from a physical standpoint was a freak, didn't get the recognition he deserved, had some off the field things, got banged up, et cetera. Didn't work out in Miami the way it probably should have when he got to the pros. He was like, like the ninth pick in the draft when he came out. 
but he was a dude. Um, out of all the players, I could read stats for all three of the guys I've talked about today. But when you play in a more balanced pass oriented kind of scheme, oftentimes running backs don't have huge numbers. Well, I'm just going to read you the statistics that Sammy had in the 1987 season. This was his junior year, 172 attempts, 1,230 yards, 7.2 yards a carry. Again, this is an era when teams stacked the box, even when they knew you were going to, they just, just old school, old school mentality and seven scores. Florida State threw more than most teams inside the 20, et cetera. He probably could have – like if he'd have played at Auburn, if you'd have flipped him and Bo – I'm not saying he's Bo Jackson, but his touchdowns would have doubled. He was a dude. And he's probably one of the least talked about Knowles from that 1980s era. Dion or somebody else from that group could talk about him. Uh, I'm sure he wasn't much fun to tackle because he was 6'2", 220 or so. 225 when he played for Florida State towards the end of his tenure and then on with the Dolphins. Not a fun guy to get in front of. But the reason that I found him so interesting was just the awe-inspiring. Like when I saw him play on TV, if you, I'm like, I didn't know anything about Florida State. I was a guy that grew up in the Midwest. But they when they were on, they were different. The way they ran, everything about them. And he was the one unique piece offensively they had that just walked out and like, this is a big freaking dude. He's playing running back? Let's check this guy out. So I just remember the thing about him, like getting a toss sweep or taking an off tackle play and bouncing it like his lateral mobility for a bigger back was tremendous. And he could lower the boom like a traditional Ohio state, uh, Alabama dot the eye kind of tailback that was at Florida state, but with the balanced offense, it was really unique. And Florida state was really good at just flat out keeping you off balance but if he'd, again, if he'd have played in a run-heavy scheme, I can't imagine the numbers he would have put up. And he still put up good numbers. And then, again, he was like the ninth pick in the draft. So really, really unique football player. And I just don't think that enough people talk about Sammy because he, he's not a kid you can replicate the physical. You just can't. And, again, he's from Apopka, which is just outside of Orlando, and it's one of the most tradition-rich high school football programs in the state of Florida and the South. Uh, one of my buddies was one of his high school teammates. So uh, Dan LaForest, he does a lot of stuff around the state of Florida. And he, you know, he played with Sammy and he's like, we knew when he was in high school, like he was way different than everybody else. So obviously he was, he was a special talent, but Sammy Smith is somebody that Florida state fans should remember. Go, go Google his name and look it up. Check it. You can find highlights of him on YouTube, et cetera. It's worth your time. He, he was a dude and a lot of people should know about him. Uh, a quick note before I wrap up, if you, I'm going to do more shows like this talk like today, I picked running backs, obviously, but maybe it's receiver. Maybe it's defensive tackle, whatever it is, which positions would you like to hear about most? Or is there a specific player for whatever reason that you'd like to hear about? Even if it's somebody pre-bowden, I might be able to find some stuff out. Um, I'm going to be in Tallahassee at some point again, this season, I might be able to talk to somebody and find out something. You never know. And if nothing else, we can still talk about some of the more recent stuff from the mid-80s on up with Bowden's tenure on in to Jimbo and current. I'm more than happy to do it. We could even do something along the lines of compare some of those older teams to what's going on now. Like how would you compare this era at tight end, I, you know, pick a position, and we can, I can try to research. That kind of stuff is fun to me. 
may not find out every detail because like early nineties, the same kind of stats, like you got pro football focus. So that stuff just wasn't there. Just wasn't. Everything was handwritten up in a booth in chicken scratches. That's just how it was. That's pre-internet. So it's a little bit different, but that's just the world we live in. So it is what it is. Uh, last note, please hit that thumbs up and that like button. Please subscribe and share this podcast. And again, as always, please comment. I'm curious what you have to say. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Love doing the show and I look forward to doing it again soon. Thank you very much. Y'all have a great day.